Good morning. Good morning. All right, so there's a lot of y'all in here. There's people in the lobby watching the monitors. There's people at home. There's folks everywhere. But you know what I'm most excited about today? Jesus. Listen, this is Resurrection Sunday. So we have to be careful, though. I don't want you to get so excited about a Sunday that it has no effect on your Monday through Saturday. It is very easy to celebrate the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus on Sunday, but live a life where you're dead all during the week. This whole time, I've been saying something very intentional that I believe that this is going to be, I know this ain't January, but I'm still saying the same thing because I want y'all to get it. For some of y'all, this is the first time y'all been here, so this is new for you. Hope to see you again. But I believe that this is going to be the best year of your life, even if it's in April. And I believe that the goodness of God can take you further, faster than you could ever imagine. This will be your best year so far. But I want to caution you. There's a scripture I've been using in the series over and over. Let me go back to it. It's found in Ephesians 3. The scripture says it this way. And may you have the power to understand as all God's people should. How wide, how long, how high and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Notice that part? May you. The fact that there is a may there means that it is completely possible to go to church Sunday after Sunday, to read your Bible, to pray, and not have a full experience of who God is. It is very possible to do a lot of religious stuff and have an incomplete life in what God has for you. The goal is fullness, not partiality. See, it's very easy to look at the resurrection of Jesus as just an opportunity to go to heaven and it have no effect or make a difference in your life on earth. I want to go ahead and jump in in a scripture. It's found in Isaiah. It's okay, baby, go on, cry out. You helping me. It reads this way. My servant grew up in the Lord's presence like a tender green shoot, like a root in dry ground. There was nothing beautiful or majestic about his appearance, nothing to attract us to him. He was despised and rejected of man of sorrows, acquainted with deepest grief. We turned our backs on him and looked the other way. He was despised and we did not care. Yet it was our weaknesses he carried. It was our sorrows that weighed him down. And we thought his troubles were a punishment from God, a punishment for his own sins, but he was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. All of us, Like sheep have strayed away. We have left God's path to follow our own. Yet the Lord laid on him the sins of us all. 
He was oppressed and treated harshly, yet he never said a word. He was led like a lamb to slaughter. And as a sheep is silent before the shearers, he did not open his mouth. Unjustly condemned, he was led away. No one cared that he died without descendants, that his life was cut short in midstream, but he was struck down for the rebellion of my people. He had done no wrong and had never deceived anyone, but he was buried like a criminal. He was put in a rich man's grave, but it was the Lord's good plan to crush him and to cause him grief. Yet, when his life is made an offering for sin, he will have many descendants. He will enjoy a long life and the Lord's good plan will prosper in his hands. When he sees all that is accomplished by his anguish, he will be satisfied. And because of his experience, my righteous servant will make it possible for many to be counted righteous for he will bear all their sins. God, I come to you right now. God, I ask that you would guard my heart, guard my mind. Holy Spirit, you say what needs to be said. You do what needs to be done. God, I am in awe of all that you have done so far. And God, I'm still expecting you to keep moving. Keep me sensitive to your will, your way. You do what needs to be done. You say what needs to be said. Don't just speak through me, but Holy Spirit, speak to me. It's in Christ's name I pray. Everyone agrees, said, amen. So uh, many of you uh, may know that I do do quite a bit of traveling. Uh, in fact, uh, this is my suitcase from yesterday. I didn't even unpack it. I just brought it right here. It's still got all my junk in it from the last week. Um, and if you notice, I've gotten pretty good at fitting all my stuff into one suitcase. I'm really good because everybody hates your bags, um, except for Southwest. Southwest, I love you. You're a blessing to me. But here, here's what I, I learned. Um, my wife can tell you that for a while, sometimes I will leave to go speak and I will leave with empty suitcases. We would go out of town and sometimes, you know, you're going to be gone a couple of weeks, three weeks, four weeks. They will give you clothes while you're gone. And for some reason, I would come back with hundreds of pairs of socks for no other reason. But I would start with one suitcase. But over time, I would have so many clothes, I would have to go and I'd buy another suitcase. Now, here's the thing. For the most part, when I'm traveling, there's someone who travels with me. Now, it's not his job. He's not the, the servant or nothing to carry my bags, but he got two hands. I got two bags. Grab one. But what began to happen this one particular time, I was only supposed to be gone for three weeks. And for some reason, three weeks became six weeks. And as I began to accumulate clothes, because I'm terrible at laundry, um, I just kept going to Burlington or anywhere I could and just buy a cheap bag. And I would fill it up. As long as it's under 50 pounds, we good. But then I met this pastor. And this pastor said, hey, uh, I want you to come to my church next week. Now, I was scheduled to go home. The guy who was traveling with me is scheduled to go home. And he's like, I can't adjust my schedule. I got to go. And I was like, literally, this is all I thought about. Who's going to help me carry all these suitcases? <laughs> so I began to talk with the pastor. And he said, what do you mean? I said, well, he, he can't come with me. Um, and I got a lot of suitcases. And they were like, oh, we're going to pay for you and your suitcases. I was like, oh, really? Cool. He said, how many you got? I said, I got six. 
And so he says, well, this is what we're going to do. We're going to pay for first class plus. Now, when I heard first class plus, all I heard was first class. Who leg room? That's all I thought about. But the person comes to my hotel, the concierge, and he brings me a bunch of slips of paper. I said, all right, cool. And I tagged every bag. Now, though, all I'm thinking is, how am I going to get all this junk to the airport? So I go downstairs, one at a time, trying to get my steps in, and I take all my bags downstairs, waiting for the shuttle. And I get there, and the shuttle guy look at me like I'm crazy. I was like, yeah, I got some more. Hold up. I'll be right back. I go upstairs, get the rest of the bags, come down, go to the airport. When I get to the airport, everybody's looking at me like I'm crazy that I keep encountering. I don't know why. I get to Houston, Texas. When I get to Houston, I go to baggage claim. And you ever seen the guys with the carts to help you with the bags? Okay, I guess they was all on strike that day. I couldn't find no help. It was just me. So here I am, like an idiot, literally like, all right, hold up. Hold on. I got this one. I can kick this one. All right. And they sent a car service to pick me up. And they're taking me to a restaurant. Once again, what am I going to do with all these bags? We pull up to the restaurant. And the pastor, because he fly, he has this little, little two-seater Mercedes. And this dude looks at me and he's like, why do you have all your bags? I told you I had six bags. What you thought I was going to do with them? He said, uh, Trey, I told you we paid for first class plus. Yeah, I know. Great leg room. They gave me free drinks. I had extra Coke. It was great. Loved it. I'm a big dude. I had room on the side and everything. He said, Trey, first class plus. They come and pick up your bags from the room. He said, Trey, um, they're going to bring your bags to your hotel room. Within two hours of your landing, your bags meet you in your room. You are not supposed to touch the bags. You're supposed to leave the bags in the room and they'll meet you at your next destination. I didn't read that. <laughs> See, let me tell you why I tell that story. All I was concerned with was the first class ticket. I was so consumed with getting to the destination, I missed the fact that provision was made for me to get to the destination. See, all I wanted was the leg room. And the reason I have to say that now is we run the risk of Easter Sunday being all about us getting to heaven and has no effect on our journey getting there in between. All we'll do is say the cross is simply about the destination and forget the fact that God has to make provisions for you while you're here and you'll have a less than fulfilling experience. See, here's the thing. We always say it that Jesus said, I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. But here's the question that we have to ask. 
why is it if we can say that Jesus came that I have life, that the benefits don't kick in till I die? That what he has for us is so much more than just going to heaven. See, what I've had to learn is that the cross is about salvation, but it's also about my wholeness, too. See, what I've learned is oftentimes I just want to go to heaven. I'm so heavenly minded that I'm no earthly good. That what God wants to do with me was not just get me to heaven, but he also is saying, I have a plan and a purpose for you here. And that's how I want you to fulfill my plan for your life. Let me show you something. The scripture said he was despised and rejected. A man of sorrows acquainted with the deepest grief. We turned our backs on him and we looked the other way. He was despised and we did not care. But watch this. Yet it was our weaknesses he carried. It was our sorrows that weighed him down. Can I help you out? The reality is whether you are aware of it or not, all your life you have been accumulating stuff. Some of us have been accumulating daddy issues. Some of us have been accumulating insecurities. Some of us have been accumulating hurt. And I know we tell folks that time heals all wounds. That's a lie. What we do not attend to will not get better, nor will it be healed. So therefore, we find ourselves with this idea that God only cares about me getting to heaven, and we miss what he wants to do with us and heal us on earth. See, whether I like it or not, I'm always going to be accumulating bags. And the more bags I have, I can look at it as luggage or it becomes my baggage. Those things that I'm leaning that God needs to take away from me. See, I thought God could get me saved, but I didn't let go of all my other stuff. I've been drawing around pain with my dad since I was four years old. Ten years later, I'm still dragging it. But now I got insecurities in my marriage. Now I got pain from people who let me down. And what's happening is I'm so busy dragging this that I cannot be who God has called me to be. You see, I have a microphone in my hand. But do you understand I cannot be as effective as I need to be if I have all these bags instead? In fact, I have to put this down. <laughs> and if the enemy can convince me to hold on what I was supposed to drop and put down what God has for me, he's won. See, the thing about baggage... It's all the stuff that we really don't want people to see. It's all the stuff we think nobody knows. Let me show you what scripture says. It says nothing in all creation is hidden from God. Everything is naked and exposed before his eyes. He is the one to whom we are accountable. So then, since we have a great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus, the son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. What do we believe? This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses. For he faced all of the same tests as we do, yet he did not sin. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy. There we will find grace to help us when we need it most. See, what you have to understand 
is the cross is not just a place where Jesus died. It's a place where our pain is supposed to die. Cross is not just a place where Jesus died. It's the place where our shame dies. But can I help you? Many of us went to the cross full of mess and we walked away with that mess too. Many of us went to the cross with hurts and we walked away with hurts too. Because we thought the cross was just my bridge to heaven. Not knowing that the cross is my method of living life in his grace and power. See, here's the problem with baggage. No matter how much I accumulate, it's still mine. See, I don't want y'all to see my cheap toiletries. It don't even say Colgate, it just say toothpaste. (laughs) And what happens is, because I'm ashamed of what I have, I think that it's better for me to hold on to it because I can manage it. Not realizing that God can't put something else in my hand if I'm still holding on to this. So the question is, what do we do with our baggage? What do we do with a little baby t-shirt that don't fit us no more? It has me no benefit but yet it's still taking up space in my life. What do we do with the hurt from an abandoned mother? It has no benefit, but it still keeps me up and crying at night. What do we do with failed relationships where I thought they let me down? It has no benefit, but yet I still walk around wearing it every day. Scripture says, cast all your cares on him all your anxieties your worries and all your concerns once and for all on him for he cares about you with the deepest affection and watches over you very carefully so you understand that the cross is not just where those Jesus died it's where my pain died the cross is not just where Jesus died but it's where my insecurities die. The cross, we could do this all day because I got a lot of clothes. Let me help you out. Throw it all at the cross. And leave it. See, here's Easter's story. Freedom happens by what you let go. Freedom happens by saying, it's not mine no way. He paid a price that you couldn't pay. It's already been paid for. It's not just a trip to heaven. It's about you getting the benefits here on earth. You cannot move and be who God has called you to be if your hands are full. It is time out for playing church. And it's a time for us to experience true freedom. Where does freedom start? At the cross. I know it's heavy and I know it's hard but Jesus carried something he carried your pains he carried your stresses he carried 
your weary heart. So if he carried it, why are you still holding it? See, the beauty of Easter is not just Sunday. It's the power for your Monday. It's the power that saves and sends us into redemption. And what I know is the same power that raised Jesus from the dead has to have an effect on my Monday. He died so that we may live. And if we understand who he is and we understand that death had no control over him, guess what? Death has no place over you. Don't wait till you get to heaven to see the goodness of God. Don't wait until you die to decide that you want to live. Easter, Jesus got up so you should get up. But don't leave with your hands full. 